up that diesel. Um, 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 let's go diesel. Um. It was a really quiet week. We signed Dontrell Inman, uh, and that was it. We didn't even know we were going to do a pod this week because it was such a quiet week and there's no real practice to speak on. But uh, hit with a bombshell on Friday night. Third-year running back Darius Geis had been arrested on three separate occasions. Um, not arrested, I'm sorry, not arrested, but he, he was charged under one arrest with three separate charges of uh, domestic abuse and cut the same day by the Redskins. So um, let's start there. That's Oh, whoa, whoa. We, we're not that football team no more. We are not that football Sorry. Team. My bad. My bad. Washington football team. Uh, this guy, we were counting on him, uh, finally being healthy, going to the season to be the lead back. I think we got to start there. Um, but obviously with what's been going on and the horrendous nature of the allegations against him, we couldn't afford to keep this guy around. Um and honestly, two things can be true, that you're missing out on his potential for sure, but he's been hurt a lot in the past, and you didn't know if you could even count him moving forward. So who cares about potential? But I think all that really is secondary right now to just the allegations and the seriousness of that situation, that being the reason why he's no longer here. Right. Agreed. I mean, I'm not, I, there's not much I can say about the <clears throat> criminal charges. Mm-hmm. That's terrible. Like, obviously, everybody is aware that, that those, are ter- those are terrible things to be accused of. Oh, yeah. And awful regardless. Yeah. As a football player, you barely played. Right? You, he became one of those guys who was, like, way more popular than warranted. Sort of based off potential, just like Sewer Craig has used to be. But then for Rivera, it's like you had to cut him. You had to cut him. Like, you just got here. So what's it, like you can't you cannot set the culture and all the standards for how you want the players and the kind of players that come here to be if you keep guys. Okay. This might be something you, this might be a player you can keep five years from now. If it's year five for Rivera and the team is doing incredibly well, and something like this happens, they might not cut him. But they might not cut that kind of player. But now, no, you have to cut him. Very simple. I'm glad you made that point, Cliff, because Rivera has dealt with enough stuff this offseason to last his full five-year contract, in my opinion. And for somebody that's trying to set the culture tone and we're trying to change everything that's going on in-house with the Washington football team, like, he really had no choice but to cut guys. And it's just disappointing because he's another player that was all potential. We saw the flashes, like, last year in the Carolina game, and he looked literally like, he could be a dominant back in this league, but they, they, clearly the immaturity that people were talking about before we drafted them, I guess this is what they were speaking of because you, you out here just doing the most, the most disrespectful shit you could do to a female. Like, there's no, there's no, there's no excuses for it, man. Believe y'all, Everybody knows me. I'm the biggest guy's fan, but I, I'm, I'm just so disappointed in that dude, but I'm hoping Damn. it's not true, but I'm, 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 I'm more concerned about the victim, of course, if it is true, because that's that bullshit. And I don't fuck with you putting your hands on a female. That's the worst thing that you can do as a male. So it, it is what it is, man. Also, they said you hurt your knee again. Yeah, we didn't even mention that part. Right. I had to read that thing twice. At first, I thought that he had just meant 
last season or something like that. He said yesterday. I was like, wait, yesterday? We didn't even know about that. Like, I, I feel like when I listened to like, the media talk about it, even like Finley, like they were surprised by it too. Like, did we read this right? Was he hurt yesterday? So that's just another thing. Like, it it sucks, obviously, what's going on with, with this situation. And it, it sucks that not only did it happen, but it happened months ago on three separate occasions. Three and, occasions. And it finally, for whatever reason, came to light. They were able to press charges against him, and he turned himself in. It's like, damn, like, it just sucks that it had to come out like this. And right now, this organization just can't afford to have any more black eyes, which speaks to the reason why the cutting of the race was so swift. Like, they didn't waste any time getting them out of here. You just can't afford to have that be a part of your outfit right now. No way. Yeah. And remember, on the last part, we remember even I brought up, like, we got a crowded backfield. Is it a, is it a situation where somebody may need to get traded or da-da-da-da? Like, in the end, it clearly worked itself out. Because old reliable Adrian Peterson is back to being RB one, right? Um, I'm glad you said that, Corey, because I wanted to talk about the trickle down effect of Darius Guys beating cut will have on the offense, but more specifically the running back group. First, the offense as a whole. What do you guys think this does to the overall uh, quality of the running back group? Obviously, a big loss. A guy with a lot of talent went healthy. But they can still get by with the guys they have around, right? Absolutely, definitely. And look, Geis is the was the most talented back in that group. There's mm-hmm. no question. Mm-hmm. He's also the one with the biggest durability questions. Correct. And we wouldn't have been confident if Geis had come out there as the lead back. We would have need to see it for multiple games. We didn't need to see him healthy. The but- other backs. I think what this does serve though is it is very unlikely that we have a lead back, so to speak. Yeah. Because there was a scenario in which guys becomes the lead guy. That was scenario existed. I think now it makes it way more likely that it's a committee. Way more likely. Right. But also even how I I mean, based on what they were saying out of um all the reporters were tweeting about, kind of like Gibson had been in the receivers room. More often than not, this offseason, I guarantee you this might pull him a little bit back more towards the running back room, might give him more, some more opportunities and get some more carries because no guys, somebody else has got to pick up the slack. Right. Let's start Maybe. with Gibson. Let's start with Gibson then. Yeah, great point, Corey. That is a situation where that kind of messes with two positions now because you were hoping that guys could pick up the slack for a thin wide receiver group. Now mm-hmm. he may be called back to the running back group a little bit more just to reinforce that position. Um let, let's play a hypothetical. How many snaps do you think that that shifts his appearances this season like with the loss of guys? Do you think that's going to shift him back into the backfield? How much do you think that's going to actually affect? I actually don't think it's going to have an effect because I don't think that they see him as a running back as much as everybody keeps saying. Mm-hmm. I, think they, I, I think he's going to move around. But this really puts in this. This really puts the thing on Bryce, Bryce Love. Love. Yeah, right. Because I don't really think I don't really see a scenario where like Gibson, you're gonna be our like a like lineup in the backfield, our hammer off tackle. I I can't see right. that. I'm, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. But I can't even see that. I think it puts more on Bryce Love. 
I don't disagree with that though, Cliff. But again, that's all that's all going to be about his availability and his mm-hmm. where is he at with his knee? And, uh, so, and then someone like Peyton Barber, mm-hmm. McKissick, like that. I think it sort of spread. I think it sort of makes it more spread out for the backs in a good way for them. Plus, remember we said before it, it was up to Scott Turner, you know, being creative with the offense as far as motions and using the running backs lined up outside and stuff. I don't think it changes anything for like McKissick, so to say. It might slightly change something for Gibson, but I will, I don't think it's going to be too dramatic. I do feel like he's going to be more receiver than running back this year. But um, kind of like you said, this is this is an opportunity for Bryce Love, and if he's healthy, hey, look out. I hear what y'all are saying, and I think ideally that's what they would like to happen. I still think that this affects Peterson more than anybody, and we knew that Peterson would get his touches because he's been good. Honestly, he's been only really consistent thing about the rest of the offense over the past two seasons. Yep. Um, I still think that the plan is to kind of bring Bryce Love along slowly into the offense. I think that Peters is, is now the day one starter. Not that that was ever in question. I mean, who knows what was happening with the guys. I think that you might see Gibson get some carries out of the backfield, but I still think it'll be in an unconventional way. Um, I do think that this secures Peyton Barber's – well, let me not say that. It legitimizes his signing because I think that before mm-hmm. it, he was only there in case something happened to Love or Geis, and now something has. So now he's back in the picture. I still think that Bryce Love is brought along solely. If he emerges as the lead back, then that's just gravy. But I still think this affects other guys a little bit more than him at this point. I think this gives them reason to keep all five running backs, like you said. I think yeah. this is because, kind of, especially with Gibson playing both positions, you know you're going to rely on AP Bryce Love. McKissick is going to be outside wide at times. He's going to be doing his probably his halfback screen passes, so to say. Um, but yeah, I think this kind of this kind of probably solidifies Peyton Barber on his roster for 2020. Right. All right. Let's move on to this morning's news. Ruben Foster taking yes, a- sir. <laughs> Activated <laughs> off the pup list. Finally, I think we've talked about this lots and lots and lots over the past couple of years on this pod. A blue chip player. It was all hypothetical up until last spring. Then he got hurt. Then it was a hypothetical where he'd ever play again. And we knew that he'd ever found his way back, that that's a potential big piece in the heart of that defense. And now it's looking closer to reality than it ever has before. So let's speak on that. Um, first off, I, I feel myself – maybe this is me just being a little bit too excited to see him on the field. I feel like in a situation like this, I would approach it with – like cautious optimism. I'm a, I'm a thousand percent, thousand percent with you, Paul. I just, I, and I'm trying my best not to get excited, but I just know what somebody like that can do with the pieces around them and the coaching that's getting in his ear and trying to keep him on a straight and narrow that can potentially be the guy that makes the defense go. If it all works out. Oh yeah! Listen, I I see a scenario where <laughs> Foster and Collins take our defense mm-hmm. to a different level. Mm-hmm. Like outside of our <clears throat> our defensive line, those are the two high end players on the defense between the linebackers and the safeties, and they can they can fly around everywhere. Mm-hmm. Now, nah, if it's if Reuben Foster is healthy, <laughs> this is a fantastic play. The dude only dropped in the draft because of off the field problems. Yeah. He, he would have been a top 10 pick. 
Obviously, the off-the-field problems were legitimate because the man has had off-the-field problems since he got to the league. Right. And, I'm, Cliff, I'm glad you said that. It's something I wanted to mention before because I saw a lot of this on Twitter today, especially, like, fans commenting under, like, pro football talks post about bringing Ruben Foster back and saying, oh, I thought they were changing the culture. Isn't that what the cut guys? It's, they're not the same situation. It is not. What happened with guys is something that is a very serious allegation, not saying that what happened with Ruben wasn't, but Ruben also was clear. He was clear. He paid his fine. He was suspended by the league. He paid his time. Mm-hmm. This regime doesn't need to make an example of Ruben Foster by cutting him because his situation has already been resolved. What Geist did was under Ruben, uh, under um, Ron Rivera's watch, mm-hmm. between the sexual assault uh, against the organization last month and this dating back months and months and months with you on three separate occasions. No, you have to go. But this is not Ruben Foster's. I he, he doesn't need to be punished for that. But right, you can't even. Right. I don't even. I don't even well, know why people compare situations. Well, I mean, you've seen people talk about it, and I mean, of course, I feel like I don't really need to address that because that's so obvious to everybody. But I, some people are listening, might feel differently. I just want to let you know, no, that's not like what it's worth. Foster already dealt with his suspension, his his investigation that has already been closed, and I mean, we know the reports that came out from that. Like, it's not like all of a sudden, whatever. Ruben Foster was accused of happened like last month or something. Like, like you said, it wasn't under Rivera's watch. Also, it was under the regime. Also, it's, it's more than completely likely, different scenario. It's more than likely that they asked guys about this because the the report was that they talked to guys, mm-hmm. but he wasn't truthful about everything. And then they, up front, and then right? they talked to the league, mm-hmm. and they told the league, "Listen, we have a player who, et cetera, et cetera." Like. Mm-hmm. Guys got cut for a reason that isn't just what he was accused of. I'm pretty sure of that because he was cut pretty swiftly. So it kind of sounds like he, they talked to him, what he told them, it turned out it wasn't true. Mm-hmm. Or he downplayed it or something. He downplayed the whole situation with Rivera, and especially for somebody that's, you don't do that to somebody that's new in charge. He's, all he's talking about is culture. So it's best that you be honest about the situation, which Geis was not. And also, when Geist came out in 2018, I know y'all saw this. Apparently, they said the Panthers took Geist off their board. So, for them already knowing his history mm-hmm. and what was what was spoke of of Geist pre-draft, and then for you to do this bullshit after Rivera has told you consistently since he's been here, culture, 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 discipline, 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 and you've done the complete opposite. I mean, I, I knew he was getting cut Friday. I was just waiting for the alert, and sure enough, it came out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um. But back back to Ruben Foster. Let, let's talk about the other linebackers and how his uh, what we thought was eventual reemergence has now come to be. Uh, let's start with you know let's start with Thomas Davis. I thought I think this affects him maybe more directly now than it did twelve hours ago because I think that he had a chance to get a lot of playing time in uh, like uh, first and second down sort of situation. If Ruben Foster can come in and be a three-down linebacker, which I think is likely, um, that affects him the most because I think that that's his spot, and I think that's the spot that he's usually going to hold. But there's no way they're going to take Ruben Foster off the field if he's running at even like ninety percent capacity. What Wait, do did they say where they lined him up? Who Ruben? Are they set where Ruben's going to line up? Outside linebacker. That's all we know right now. That's official. It was in a story earlier from Kime. He said he's projected to be an outside linebacker. Now, that could change, of course.
Honestly, if anybody should be worried, I would say it's John Bostic. Because yeah. potentially, honestly, if you if we're, if we're being if you want to put your best three linebackers on the field, and based on what they've been saying out of camp, how they've been lining up everybody, they want the team to be versatile. They've been putting all the D linemen at each D lineman spot, linebackers playing each spot, secondary, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, if you're going to put your best three linebackers on the field, chances are Thomas Davis of that group might be your third best linebacker if Foster and Holcomb are healthy, correct? Yeah. Also, the other guys are all versatile. Yes. Bosick's the only one that isn't. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, do you think this bumps anybody off the roster? That might might have been uh, a fringe guy. I don't think somebody like Kevin well, the- Pierre-Louis necessarily could, should be affected by this but because he's so good on the teams. But in a numbers game, it, it might just happen to be like that. Well, with Josh Harvey Clemens setting the season out, that kind of – Right, Wouldn't that help help a scenario with the Fosters and the Thomas Davises and right. I, that, I think, that opens up a roster spot. I think, think Harvey. I think Harvey Clemens was doomed to be cut no matter what. Um, yeah. Let's assume they keep six backers, the three starters plus the three backups. It's going to be Davis, uh, Holcomb, Deion Hamilton, Bostic, Foster, and Pierre Louis. I guess that would be the six. Yep, there's your six. Perfect. Because they, they they got Ryan Anderson practicing with the D-line. So. Where's Hudson practicing? Oh, we didn't mention Safe. Hudson. I didn't mention Hudson. Oh, I forgot. Shit. He's with the linebackers. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I was forgetting somebody. I was like, who, who am I forgetting? But even, but even with Hudson O'Cliff, because remember I told y'all, like, when he was at Michigan, he played he played strong and he played he played outside backer. So. Yeah, I think they're going to move him around. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think that he's – Also mo- special teams this year. Absolutely, sure. yep. Correct. Yep. Got to keep him around. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you mentioned Ryan Anderson, Corey, because I didn't really remember him like um, uh, after the Geist news came out. So he's been running with the D line. Y'all saw it. Yep. Uh, running with the D line. That little clip that the rest is posted mm-hmm. on Friday. And yeah, I think even earlier in the week, um, whoever was getting interviewed was talking to D line coach and um, mm-hmm. Sam Mills, and he had mentioned Ryan Anderson a couple times. Mm-hmm. And I know that we talked about maybe him playing some strong side backer. It's looking more and more, if you're reading the tea leaves, that he's more than likely going to be a defensive end. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. I mean, that's what he did at Bama, too. He was a 4-3 DN. We just tried to force the 3-4 outside backer onto him, and clearly that just wasn't that wasn't his spot. So, I like that more, anyway, if we're being perfectly honest. We talked about how I didn't want Ryan thinking too much. I wanted either either plug in. Or contain the edge. I don't want you mm-hmm. to be in any situation where you're doing anything other than that. Think less, play harder. Now putting him at defensive end, I think you have a chance to actually do that. Because, you know, being a backer, even if you're not an all-in-ball linebacker, you really have more responsibilities than your average rush defensive mm-hmm. end. Pre-snap, you got to do a lot more thinking. Mm-hmm. You, can't, you can't just go somewhere. You got to, like, you got your keys you got to read. You can't just go take off. Absolutely. Absolutely. Does that do anything for somebody like uh, Nate Orchard? I I think he was very much. It's funny you say that because I was just looking at his name on the depth chart, dog. Yeah, I think uh, I think he was very much on the bubble last year. But him coming, Ryan Anderson being there, that's definitely. I mean, he's the fourth event behind Kerrigan, Chase, and Sweat. Are they going to keep five? What about uh, Smith Williams from NC State? That's another guy that's in the mix that might be a numbers game cut. And also, not trying to look too far, but say, say if they lo- if they let Kerrigan walk after this year, 
I don't do you want to be in a scenario where you've already gotten rid of a Ryan Anderson or a Nate Orchard? Like these guys have potential at the DM position. You know what I mean? Do you want to potentially cut them and then like you're gonna to have to fill another two holes next season, so to say. I know I'm looking ahead, but Right. Well, I mean, the way I look at it, that is at this point, you really can't be concerned with your fifth defensive end. You know what I'm saying? Because your first four are so good. You know what I'm saying? If you lose Nate Orchard just because you couldn't you couldn't keep him because you have four guys ahead of him that are significantly better. That's just the way it is. And even when Kerrigan is gone next year, if he's gone next year, I think that you could replace somebody like Nate Orchard with somebody who is of, let's just call it little consequence because your three guys ahead of him are likely going to be getting 100% of the snaps there. Yeah. Just somebody who plays teams and somebody who could be a pinch rotational guy if need be. I just hope they find a role for Ryan Anderson, man. I mean, y'all know I'm a big fan of it, but he was coming on strong towards the end of the last year, man. Like, the dude was just bringing the physicality to our defense that we were missing. So I hope well, I think he's going to get snaps. Yeah. He's going to get snaps. I think the question with Anderson is how many snaps can we realistically get you? Exactly. Do you really want to take playing, Chase or Sweat off the field? Right. Like, come on. If you're on the field, that means someone's not on the field. Mm-hmm. And it's a numbers game. Those guys are just too good. Mm-hmm. They're too good. I think a scenario, I don't know how likely this is, but it's a scenario where just Ryan Anderson outplays Kerrigan going into the season. That's what I was saying. Like, not even not saying he would specifically do it like that, though, Paul, but I'm just like, God forbid something happened to Chase or Sweat. Like, you want mm-hmm. – if your next two pass rushers can be Kerrigan and Anderson, I mean, that's <laughs> right. 31 other teams that wish they could have that. You know what I mean? That's perfectly fine. Speaking of defensive ends, y- y'all saw Preston throwing shade yesterday? Man, fuck that man. Oh, shit. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm tired of the low-hanging fruit shade from all these other uh, uh, ex-players. I'm like, dog, it was cute when Shanahan did it because Shanahan is just like, you know, whatever. That's mm-hmm. fine. Then you hear all these other players saying that same shit. Like, Dunny has shit to say when he's on his way out of town. P. Rich has shit to say on his way out of town. Now Preston doing the same shit. I'm like, oh, y'all can shut the fuck up for real. Like, this is what not cute. P. Rich playing out? Hmm? Oh, remember when, when, remember when... The Ryan Fire? Nigga's <laughs> not even on the phone anymore. It's Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Oh, shit. Preston was my guy, too, man. Like, you ain't had a dog that's like that, bro. Because you've had a few of your few moments that you had at FedEx... When the stadium was actually packed. Now, I know it wasn't always packed, but come on, Preston. Like, so, my nigga, what'd you do about it? Thank Preston. you, Cliff. What the fuck would you do? <laughs> you put on your ass by Tyron Smith and shit. Fuck out of here. One good game a month. Come on, bro. You know, one, one last thing is kind of funny. Uh, AP said, well, first, AP is going to be the starter probably for the third year in a row here. That's great. Shout out to All Day, man. Can we put some respect on his name? Mm hmm. Yeah, that that's wild that just based on guys getting hurt in that preseason game and Doug Williams going out on the limb and reaching out to AP and now mm-hmm. he's about to start for the third year in a row. Dude. Anyway, I, oh, sorry, go ahead, Core. No, I was just gonna say, like, especially for the fan base, we we I'm I'm guilty. Like I found many ways to try and say it was, maybe it was time for one of the young guys to step up, but AP don't say nothing, he go about his business and he's always there for you on Sundays, like Shout out to Adrian Peterson. One of the greatest to ever do it, and I'm glad we still got him. I just wanted to say that. Oh, the past couple of years, you couldn't really lean on much except AP. 
AP's mm-hmm. been the guy. He's not the same guy he used to be, but he's doing it at a high level, man. A lot of teams wish they had an AP right now. And never forget how John, how Jay Gruden had this motherfucker on the inactive list week one. Never forget that. Definitely did. Well, he, he can enjoy Leonard Fournette now. He, he can deal with that mess down in Jacksonville. <laughs> Gardner meant you ass. He gonna make Minshew a star. So like, let me stop that. Let me stop that. Let me stop. <laughs> Minshew, they had to take Minshew out of practice. He on the COVID list. Are you serious? I forgot about that. I forgot. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. No, he's definitely gonna pull some Kirk Cousins magic with with Minshew. Believe that. <laughs> Fournette better start demanding that trade because you're not getting no carries. <laughs> 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 it's gonna be straight screens. Virus. It's gonna be some weird shit. But Fournette. Get up out of there, bro. It's over. I feel like no Cliff, don't fuck with my man Fournette, but I just want to say that you know, you know, I got shout out Fournette, bro. You know, we always talk about just the bums that that Jay Gruden would be attracted to. Doesn't Minshew just reek of just like the bum ass nigga that would be like 100%. perfect in his offense? Oh, that's a Gruden. That's a Gruden type. Hundred percent. The Gruden family, right there. They love those type of quarterbacks. Minshews, the Glennons, <laughs> Chris Sims. The Sims. The Brad Gradkowskis. <laughs> AJ McCarrens. Yeah, they, hey, they got, John, they, John used to stay they, with a bum-ass Matt quarterback. <laughs> right, just like a standard fucking 76 on Madden. TV. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> Diamond to Shanahan's, man. They'll be on some bullshit when it comes to quarterbacks, man. Plug in any quarterback and they plug in any running back. Right. That's how they always Because to them is their system, their system is more important than the players. Mm-hmm. Straight up. Out here telling me John Beck is gonna be a thing. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about, Mike? <laughs> then they asked Shannon Hit, are you willing to put your your career on this on John Beck or some shit? It was something like that. Yeah. He said he put it, he said he staked his career, right? Yeah. <laughs> on John Beck. This is the same nigga that tried to replace John Elway with Jake Plummer and Brian Greasy, so yeah, Brian Greasy, yeah, yeah. He, oh, I think I had a thing for Jake Plummer, and then Jake John Gruden had a thing for Jake Plummer. Because mm-hmm. remember, they were trying to get John, uh, they were trying to get Plummer out of retirement to come to Tampa. Yep, they Slam. both have, a, they both had a thing for him and Jeff Garcia. <laughs> he definitely. <laughs> So they definitely like a Minshew type. Uh huh. Who are their receivers down there? I don't remember who the receivers are down there. Well, so Andrew, still got Shark. Yeah, Shark and uh, what's his? They they drafted my boy Shay No. They drafted Shay No. They got Shay No from Colorado. They, yeah. they did get they did get Shay They did get Shay Damn. Okay. All right. And then Keenan uh, Keenan Cole still there, right? Still got Westbrook, Dee Dee, yeah. Keenan Cole. Yeah. Oh yeah, Minshew about to eat. Minshew definitely about to eat. No, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> Sucks, yeah, sucks. Nah, he, he, yeah, people he, still he, got he, him above Haskins. Disrespectful. Dog. Uh, yeah, let it be known, Cliff. Let it be known. That's disrespectful. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to see who he favored. Who who he remind you of Minshew? <laughs> who you remind who, me who, of? Who he who he favored? Yeah, he he kind of seemed like a little uh, Jeff Hostetler. <laughs> he got some Jake Del Home in him. Definitely got Del Home in him. Definitely got some Del Home. I was gonna say somebody like John Freeze. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> he 
he's like a more reckless he's like a more reckless John Kittner kind of just <laughs> oh wow ain't <laughs> Kittner's son where the fuck Kittner's son commit to hold up yeah, he got a son that's about to go somewhere I think he might be going to Washington. Florida, bro. He's going to your school. He's going to Florida. Oh, He's going to your school hard. <laughs> I knew I see he committed somewhere. Jalen Kitna. Is he black? Any black? Hold on. John. Wait, what? I got a son named Jalen. <laughs> oh, no. He's, I think he's. Yeah, he mixed, Cliff. Yeah, he is, right? Yeah. Shout okay, Kitna, let me start with a disrespect. That's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> What's his name, son? Damon Hewitt's son's about to go to Washington. He's a five star. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Yeah, he's a five star. 